so welcome to the third season debut of uh, the Rock and Roll Ghost podcast. Today I'm here with noted political strategist and author and uh, general troublemaker, <laughs> Rick Wilson, uh, who is attempting to find a spot to sit down, I'm imagining. <laughs> As a rule, that is my, that is my life. Uh -oh. Attempting to find a, find a place that's not full of barking dogs right now. Yeah. I lost video. You've got video back. Here we All are. Right. <laughs> All right. So uh, first, how, how's everything going for you today? Well, you know, look, it's uh, like any other day where we're trying to fight off a coup. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's at least, at least it's never boring, as they say. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, there's so much that we could possibly talk about. Um, and there's so little time. So let me first pose the following question. Sure. We had so many people today, uh, this year vote in our election, more than mm -hmm. voted in, I think, 100 years. Right. Um, when, when I started seeing those numbers come across, I assumed, well, good, we finally have people waking up and realizing what a fool was accidentally elected uh, last time. When the numbers leveled out, and yes, Joe Biden won the more sane by far of the candidates, we still had 74 million people that voted for the moron. <laughs> yes, uh, we did. What exactly do we do going forward to deal with that nonsense? Well, look, th this is going to be a long journey uh, to reform our political system and to restore the underlying principles of it. And it's not going to be easy because we've got a group of people in this country now who are basically members of a personality cult. And that's what they believe in. They believe in Trump over everything else. And it's going to be hard to shake them off that. Yeah. Well, you know, and if I, if I think about it, and if you look back over the decades of what brought us to this point, you can, you can see, I'm not saying you can understand this with him specifically, but if you think back to even going as far uh, just recently to Waco and things that happened in the, in the 90s with regards to the FBI and the uh, Timothy McVeigh things and, and stuff like sure. that. Sure, sure there was this growing resentment towards government, probably that started, I mean, it started way back in the Vietnam War. I mean, these things, you know, and it's all met, lumped in with the, the Civil War still. I mean, that, it's amazing the Civil War still holds such ramifications over current times, but let's be honest, the Confederate flag still being waved around would say that that's still a problem. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, there are definitely there's look Trumpism is a cultural problem, not just a political problem. Right. And and as a cultural problem, there are going to be things that have to you have to approach it in different ways than you would just as um, you know the end of the Soviet Union or the end of Nazi Germany or the end of any authoritarian regime. You end up having a transitional phase where you're basically doing not just like uh, counter revolution but civic reeducation. We're going to be into that phase, I think, for some time going forward because we are, we're not in a good place as a country at the moment. No, no. I mean, 
the uh, I, I, I point to three things that I think we need. First, we need accountability. Um, for sure. With the stooges that for the past four years have propped him up. And then with the people that did, you know, are, uh, support him and believe his nonsense and did what they did the other day. That's, that's the first stage. Um, very much, very much a, a, an urgent, um, an urgent crisis is to have people held accountable for what they've yeah. done. Ted do Cruz, see, Josh Hawley, et cetera. Yeah. Do you see that being at all a possibility the way things are right now? Is it, is it just going to be like a slow thing? Like two years from now, when we're in the midterms, are we going to say, oh, Trump, no, that, that, that's old news. You know, when people are trying to be held accountable to things. It won't be because there's going to be a part of the base that will stick with Trump through and through. Yeah. And that will be the test. Look, the, the next wave of Republican candidates will be more Trumpy, not less. The right. next wave of Republican candidates will be more QAnon, not less. More crazy, not less. So it's going to be a very difficult time going forward uh, for a lot of these folks who think, oh, I can fix it. I can walk away from this. I can make the party better. I can do everything that I need to do to turn this whole uh, situation around in the, in the country, they're not. They're going to be stuck with Trump hovering out there forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, is just uh, simply uh, arresting people when it's due. Um, the display sure. the other day compared to what happened this past summer with the, the actual protests uh, is frightening. And I... I have, you know, a lot of people are theorizing that the cops in some way just let it happen. Um, and this whole idea that they weren't prepared, not in all the cops, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but there, I think there's a certain uh, segment of policing as evidenced by, I live outside of Chicago, the Chicago Police Union president basically praised what happened the other day, which right. is disturbing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And, and the fact that they were able to get in the areas that ordinarily you wouldn't be able to just know where they are unless they were just the stupidity just, you know, guided them like some sort of dumb force. Um, but the fact that there wasn't the plans in place to mm -hmm. treat them as potential hostiles when I think everything is proven between alleged Antifa and, and not that Antifa and, you know, other movements haven't been violent. It's not, you know, there hasn't, there's of course been violence on, on that side too. Um, but also we've also find most of the problems that occurred in some of those instances were done by these alt-right groups. Um, Look, I, I, I want to I say this. The, 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 the lie that Antifa committed these crimes yesterday oh, yeah. is outrageous and it is, it is obscene. And it is something that we can never look away from and, and, and knowing how mendacious and scummy these people really are. It is truly yeah. a despicable and horrible commentary on, on their, their moral standing um, it, 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 that they're so willing to immediately tell the, the big lie theory, to adopt the big lie theory, to try to get out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And that started almost immediately with some uh congressional republicans and see yep yep uh and obviously sure obviously trumpeted up uh by fox news and stuff like that which is naturally um the other one is the other tier i think we need 
is simply we need to really invest in education again. Sure. Well, listen, Trump, Trumpism, as I said, is a cultural and educational and civic problem. Yeah. And there's a big part of this where people are told things that are not true, but they don't have the cognitive framework to understand why they're not true. Right. And so when they see it on Facebook and say, oh, that's right. You know, we need to, we need to have a, a spirit in this country, I think, of civic re-engagement and educational re-engagement on this weird thing called fact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it should matter an awful lot. And right now, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So we need to get back to the place where facts really matter. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, and 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 I'm I'm somebody that's uh, somewhat moderate. I guess I lean more left than than not. But uh, my grandfather was a staunch Republican. Uh, he was a World War II veteran. Um, I I would. My mother and I have had conversations that he probably would be horrified that the Republican Party damaged itself in the way it did. Um, by letting Trump uh, take office and take hold of his, his beloved party. Um, but honestly, the way politics have been going for the past 40 plus years, it's no wonder this happened. And there's no, I, I don't know how, I don't know how we pull, the, pull ourselves out of that politically at this point. Very difficult space right now. And it's gonna take basically the wholesale destruction of the Republican party. Um, oh, look, we need a center-right country in this party, or a party, yeah. party in this country. We need a center-right party in this country for sure. Mm -hmm. It is no longer the Republican Party. It no. is now a painful, you know, personality cult that doesn't have the wherewithal to, to adjust itself to the realities around it. And, and because of that, um, it's going to take a very painful set of political lessons to readjust their their thinking on what the world looks like and what it should be. Yeah. Well, how, how does, I mean, you're, you're a longtime strategist. How does that even begin to happen? Smart ass answer for that. I yeah. can give a fuck. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. They, 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 they do not seek to be fixed or helped or guided or assisted. They want to. They want to be with Trump until the last dog dies. Well, well, no, no, I don't. I don't God mean bless. that. I, I mean, how do we get that set of right party? That is something above my pay grade right now. <laughs> I, I, I am not in the party building business as a rule, um, and, and I got to tell you, um, uh, even if I was, I don't know that I'd want to be right now. Yeah, um, because you know the 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 degree to which. Um, the degree to which there is a, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? The degree to which uh, there, there is a, a sort of Faustian bargain with these folks, they don't want to change. Right. They, they don't want a different party. They want Trumpism because there, there, is, there is a degree to which it's easy. Mm -hmm. It's morally easy. It's mentally easy. It's psychologically comforting, um, and and that makes it fun for these people. They enjoy it. They like it. Um, they are they've weaponized lying. They've weaponized fantasy. They've weaponized this this reality bubble that they're in, and they think it's great. They think it's fantastic, and and because of that, they they don't want to abandon it, and they understand that they can succeed in certain areas. 
you know, there's a scene in the matrix where the, where the architect, you know, says basically there are levels which we can survive at below what you can imagine, something to that effect. And that's what they're thinking. They can survive with just a bunch of old white guys. That's what they're thinking. That's, that's their, that's their game plan. It's not a great game plan, but it's their game plan. The, 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 the thing that's going to boggle my mind is that people like, people like McConnell, who I've never liked, um, but obviously he was a somewhat standard Republican, I guess. Um, he enabled this to happen for four years to get what he wanted. But he also should have known, all, all of the parties should have known to stop him before he got nominated. Uh, we live in the world of woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? And they all knew it. They all they all recognized what the danger was. I sat in rooms with them in 2015 and 16, where they said over and over again, "Oh shit, we can't nominate this fucking guy." Oh God, what are we doing? And you know, here we are. I just, I think if if you would have gotten anybody else. It, I don't know. God, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, as I was, as I was getting ready for this call, I was sitting there thinking, I don't think I've moved on from the fact that he was the party nominee. And, and we're four years into it and he's almost out the door, maybe. <laughs> what? It, it is a, look, it is a, uh, it is an unprecedented place for us to be politically and mentally, but, um, who paved the way for him. There were a lot of institutional decisions that were made yeah. that allowed Donald Trump to take over the party, to consume it completely, and to become the figure he is today, who is the owner of the Republican Party. He owns it lock, stock, and barrel. Right. Even on the way out, um, even on the way out, it's not going to go easy or be pretty. Right. Right, and and what I keep thinking back to is that you could look back in the in history, and you could see the gradual um, uh, things that put this into place: the inherent, you know, racism of certain candidates, the lack of outreach towards uh, anyone non-white, the dependency on the base, the dependency on um, uh, on re religious groups, and all of this in favor of broadening the party. Um, and meanwhile, both both political parties did all their best to just kind of dampen down the, the, the desire for people to vote to begin with until we got to this place where people felt like we got to or else we're dead. <laughs> you know, um, that's the gradual thing. And, and the, the stupid thing is, is that we know by viewing Trump, he does not specifically know what came before him, but he has had an instinctual knowledge of what to do that would make what he does okay, somehow. Look, Trump is a very crafty political animal. He has a sort of feral cunning about him when it comes to these things that, that he always knows how to make the play uh, for the worst possible outcome for everyone else around him, but the best for himself. Right. And so that's, that's what he's played out for, for now. It's what he's going to do in the future. And like I said, it's a long road back for political reform. We've got a very difficult pathway going forward uh, for political reform. Right. Do you anticipate 
I, I personally think that people call call what happened the other day a coup. I'm not quite in the realm of calling it a coup. What I call it is is a stress test. And it's obvious that the stress test was indicative of the fact that something worse can happen. I think it does constitute an attempted coup. Um, everything is a stress test uh, when, when you come to something like this. But th there, th this is, we, have, we failed this test is, is yeah. the problem. We failed the test. Um, we wouldn't even be talking if they had succeeded. Right, right. Failed to prevent something like this for the last five years now. Yeah. As a country, we let ourselves fail. Yeah. And we can't afford to do that for four more years or even one more year. Right. So here, that, that's that the difficulty we're going to experience, I think, in the coming weeks um, is that there are people who will be fighting. You know, Ann Applebaum always says democracies lose when they're on the soft side of the rhetorical equation. Right. We can't be on the soft side. We can't be on trying to shame these people. They have to be held accountable. Pain right. will teach them. Shame will not. Right. Yeah, no, these are, this is definitely a group that is shameless, as evidenced by their leader. <laughs> um, but um, the, the, the worry I have is that this is going to continue. This is going to get worse. We've got a nation emboldened by, um, their sec by the Second Amendment, uh, by their hatred of the government, um, by these militias that have already started up you know, for decades now, as I indicate, I was talking about from back in the 90s, these things have been going on. Uh, these are people that, although they may not be military grade personnel, they are certainly equipped and crazy to do things. And I anticipate seeing the American version of, um, oh crap, why am I blanking out on the Afghan um, Taliban? Yeah. Um, what do we do when these things start happening? What's that? You're cutting out. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, you got to. You were still cutting out for some reason. I was saying drone strikes. Yeah. Look, if these guys want to play by the rules of war, they're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Um, and, and and I think that this is a much more difficult situation. Uh, going forward for for the the pro-trump armed insurgents than they think this country has taken out um, you know, an, an awful lot of, of of investment in protecting the freedom of speech and the constitutional rights of Americans we're not going to put it on the on the table because their delicate feelings are hurt and let them start blowing things up and shooting people it's not going to happen right. that way right. But do you also see that that retaliation, if that ends up, I, I'm, t I'm thinking like kind of a long game here. Uh, I see these things starting to happen. I see the retaliation happening. And I also see then an emboldening uh, of this happening more where we're just basically somebody like Biden gets in, 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 uh, into a quagmire of dealing with domestic terrorism instead of actually getting anything done terrorism in this country will be fed by Fox and fueled by Facebook. And yeah. if we don't stop those two things from happening in that space, then we're going to have, we will have a domestic Taliban. We will have our own little you know, Trump Qaeda. Yeah. 
And I got a hard out in about eight minutes. Not a problem. What about um, what about you know these? What about Fox and Own and Newsmax? Uh, without in, without stopping on the First Amendment, how how do we start handling them? Fox is you know Rupert Murdoch is the most dangerous immigrant to ever come to our shores, and he will he will keep this money machine rolling until it stops. But right now we are we, we are he is he is the proximate cause of an awful lot of these people believing this election was stolen and that and that Donald Trump was the, was elected in a landslide and all that. And Facebook is the amplification mechanism for all this stuff. Both of them play a pernicious role in our system right now, as do a lot of these other uh, you know Trump right media outlets. Yeah, like Parler and stuff. Yeah. Sure, I, I use the term media very loosely yeah, in that regard. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk right now about Trump himself being diminished within the Republican Party by the resignations and the pushback. But on Thursday, he called in to some sort of a Republican breakfast or something and was cheered still. Um, don't, don't buy into any of that stuff. Trump is still God in the Republican Party. Yeah. There are a few officials who are trying to scooch away from him uh, because they feel the fear rising for 2022, but it's, it's not really, they're, they're playing a game with everyone. Yeah. Okay. Now I've got a couple more questions. I know our time is limited. Um, looking ahead, I know it's ridiculous. We just finally finished one election, but looking ahead to 2022, uh, when we go back and do all this shit again, um, what is the key thing Democrats need to not fall into traps of? One job and number two job and number three and four and five and 10 and 25, it's COVID. Yeah. Still, we're losing 4,000 Americans every single day. Our economy will be destroyed if we don't get this virus under control. If Joe Biden and the Democrats deliver economic relief and a vaccination plan, smooth sailing in 22. If they don't, it's the apocalypse. I mean, yeah. like the Mad Max level apocalypse, like the you know eating dogs over campfires apocalypse. Yeah. So that's their main job. That's what they got to focus on. Let us take care of the rest. Yeah. Um, do you see the Republican Party having any chance of crawling back into majority in twenty two? But, but barring Democrat, that. only if the Democrats hand it to them. Yeah. And, and God bless the Democrats, but my friends on the, on the Democratic side of the aisle, they are fantastic at losing elections. Agreed. I, I mean, I, I tend, like I said, I tend to vote Democratic. Um, I've, I voted for, God knows I was like 26 when I did it. I voted for Bob Dole <laughs> in 96, which made me some sort of an outlier for my generation, I suppose. Um, but I mean, if Obama wasn't, if it was Hillary against, uh, say, John McCain, you know, back then, I think I probably would have voted for John McCain. Um, Mitt Romney uh, has turned himself into quite an admirable person, I guess, considering the, uh, the, the field of bullshit he's growing in. Um, you know, there, there are some decent people out there. There's in Republican Party. There's not many. Um, they're mostly spineless and stupid. Um, I've never seen a whipping boy quite like Ted Cruz in my life. What was that? Yeah. Cruz is a truly collapsed person. 
I mean, I've never seen somebody get attacked so much and then come back and say, yes, just yet, Daddy, more, please, I'll take more. Um, <laughs> all right, well, let me, let me ask you a final question. What, since you're part of the Lincoln Project, uh, a, a, head, a big head part of it, what is the Lincoln Project's plan going forward? continue to move forward in terms of doing what we said in our original mission statement, defeating Donald Trump, defeating Trumpism, and working to hold his enablers to account. And we believe that all those missions still go forward into 22 and 24. And um, as Donald Trump is proving right now, you can't rest until this guy's out of the White House. You've got to keep the pressure on, and, and you can't take a blink until he's absolutely, you know, on a plane to Mar-a-Lago and, and out, safely out of D.C. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's definitely good. Um, and, and one final question, because I just kind of thought of it. Obviously, we're at a point where he's considering pardoning himself. He's going to obviously pardon his children and, uh, you know, uh, high-pitched uh, Kushner and everybody else that's around him. Uh, there's, there's talk that he's going to um, pardon people at Deutsche Bank um, preemptively. Um, but he can't get away from states. So how important is it that the states like New York keeps the fire going on uh, investigating? And it's, it's vital. And, and, and by the way, he can pardon himself. He can write a piece of paper that says that. It is a great constitutional uh, uncertainty if that's real or not. Right. Um, he is, Donald Trump will never spend a day of his life resting easy after this. He will be in court for the rest of his life. He will be right. bankrupted by this. He will almost certainly be convicted of crimes uh, in New York on tax fraud, bank fraud, and charity fraud. This guy is not gonna have a good life after this. And he needed to win. That's why he's clinging to power. I, I think his, his, his life, as he has known it, is now uh, over. Yeah. And one more question, then I will let you yeah. Huh? <laughs> you hate to see it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I won't have any problem with myself. Um, what should there be amendments or changes to what a president is allowed to do? For instance, we never took we took it as a kind of like a well, a president can't be uh, prosecuted while he's in office. We took the president can't you know. Yeah, let me say this: as a as a conservative, I believe it is it is, it is important um, to have everyone be accountable under the law. Mm -hmm. I believe that there is a degree of of the, the, the presidential uh, powers that have become unconstrained that need to be put back in the box a little bit. This is gonna require a legislative and constitutional work on both fronts. But if we don't, we will have another Donald Trump and that person won't, won't be psychotic and right. he will be more dangerous. So anyway, listen, I've got a hop. It's been great talking to you, man. Um, yeah, no, thank you. And I, yeah, I hope so too. You have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. We'll right, talk to you soon. Bye-bye.